Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. The Psalm 61 and 62, both short little psalms. Psalm 61 is only eight verses, and Psalm 62 is 12 verses long. These two power-packed psalms tell us that we can cry out to God whenever our heart is overwhelmed, whenever we're going through tough times. We can cry out to God from the ends of the earth, from wherever we have been driven, wherever we have run off to, we can cry out to him, and it says, and he will hear our prayer. He will hear our prayer. And he won't just hear our prayer, but it says, David cried, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Who is the rock? Is Jesus. He's the one that says that was with them in the wilderness that followed them in the wilderness and gave them the water to drink and looked out for them. And he says, lead me to that rock. In verse 3 of Psalm 61, he said, for thou hast been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against my enemy. And let me dwell in thy tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of thy wings. Now, just to let you know, these words he uses for refuge or shelter, we interchange them in English. Someone says a place of refuge or a place of shelter. They think somewhere where they're safe and protected. But each one of these words in Hebrew has a different meaning. One of them, the one for a place of refuge in Hebrew, maksa, is like a shelter from rain or from a storm, like from danger. If we had a storm coming from the ocean here in Hawaii, it was dumping a lot of rain. And you could come in here underneath this part where you're not going to get wet and you're sheltered from the direct rain hitting you. That's the word he's using. Lord, be that place where I can hide from the storm. But see, the next word he uses is this place of refuge. He says, let me take refuge, which is casa. It's a different word, not maxa, it's casa. And it's let me take refuge in the shelter of thy wings. Do you remember in Matthew's gospel when Jesus, he came to the Mount of Olives. He looked across the Kidron Valley there at the Temple Mount, and he says he wept over the city. So, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets that are sent to you. God is calling to you over and over, and you're like children that won't come when they're called. You're in a not safe place. Come to me. And he says in Luke's gospel in chapter 18, Jesus said this in verse 34, and also... I like it in Matthew's gospel. They're, they're almost word for word the same, but in Matthew's gospel, chapter 23, the sister passage, Matthew 23, 37, it says, Jesus lamented over Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those that are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather you like a hen. He says, I wanted to gather you to your children together. The way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were unwilling. He said, behold, your house is going to be left to you desolate. For I say to you from now on, you shall not see me until you say in that day, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were rejecting him. He's saying, I came to you. I wanted to gather you like, you know how you bring the kids together to keep them safe as a parent. And does the Lord know when there's dangers that are coming toward us? Sure. And he says, come here. I want to be your place of refuge. But really, I want to be the place where you're under my wing. How close is that? Think about when people say, I don't know if God really cares about me. I don't think he's really 
interested in being close to me, I'm like, you haven't read the Psalms. The Psalm says he wants to put you right under his wing to protect you. That's a place of security because now you have the protection of the Lord with his wing over you. He's saying, that's how I wanted to be. Now, this place of refuge is different than the place of refuge we're going to read about in the next Psalm. You know, that place of refuge I mentioned in verse three, that's the place, just think of it as the roof of protection from a storm, a shelter like that, something to protect you from a storm coming. When we pick up here in Psalm 62, verse 1, and we read here, it says, my soul waits for God. He says, and he waits for him only. From him is my salvation. For he is my rock and my salvation. And he is my stronghold. And I shall not be greatly shaken. Now, the King James says there, he's my refuge. My Bible says he's my stronghold. The translators at least picked a different word in the New American Standard, which I think is good because it's actually a different word in Hebrew. This word here, misgab, misgab is up high, like a tower. Fortress is a good word. This psalm, he says, God, you're my rock, you're my salvation, but you're also my stronghold, my tower. Have you ever felt like in life that there's a big tidal wave coming at you? The bills have all piled up and they're all coming at you at once. Sometimes we feel like we're about to be swallowed up. See, I like David's way of putting these things because he's describing how we feel. When all that stuff comes at you and it just feels like one big tidal wave coming to swallow you up. He says, God, be my high tower, my strong tower, my fortress. Because you're my rock, but you're not just my rock. And you're not just the one that puts me under your wing. You put me up here high. He says, when I'm in that place, I want you to pay attention to the end of verse 2. He says, I shall not be shaken. Now, this ought to describe how we're to be in our spirit for our faith, that we can run to the Lord and no matter what's assailing us, we're safe. We don't have to be shaken. He says in verse three, how long will you assail a man that you may murder him, all of you? You're like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence, it says. And they have counseled only to thrust him down from his high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. Selah, which in Hebrew means pause. Take a pause and think about it. Now, did David know about men that were actively pursuing him, that they meant evil toward him, but they would speak, oh, nice blessings to his face, whereas inwardly they were plotting to kill him. Now it says pause here and remember this. We have a God who wants us to come under his wing. We have a God who's a high tower and a God who is a shelter the shelter can be from the rain. It can be from the heat of the sun. It's protection. But when I think of the sheltering of the wing, under the wing, that's the shelter from danger. When the hen does that to her chicks, she's doing that to protect from danger. She's bringing them in close to protect them. So we have a God who protects us when danger comes. And when big, assailing tidal waves come at us, God goes, let's move you up the hill. 
to a tower, to a stronghold, to a fortress. That's what I'll be for you. It says, pause and think about this. I'm just combining the two Psalms for you because they go together. This is what they would do. If you were in Jewish temple, they would read this far and they say, let's think about that. Sometimes we need a moment to let it sink in. And after they reflected, they would pick up with the next paragraph. It's going to have one more pause. It's basically broken into three parts, three paragraphs in Hebrew. They're short, but they have a lot of punch on the things of our faith. It really helps us. Listen to the next part. It reads this in verse 5. My soul waits in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. Same word, my stronghold, my tower. Remember, this is a song. So this is like the chorus. You know how we sing the chorus over and over through the song. He's my stronghold, I shall not be shaken. It's on God, my salvation and my glory, they rest. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Now here's again, this is the moxa the one that we learned about in verse 3 of Psalm 61. He's the shelter from the rain or from the hot sun. He's that canopy that protects. He says, pour out your heart before him. He is your shelter. Don't worry. Say a lot. Supposed to pause. Think about that. Just think. God's our salvation. He's our glory. We can just rest in him. Sometimes we need to know that. Sometimes we get a little not at rest we lose that thing called peace get a little stressed out the lord goes come here get under my shade get under my shelter let me protect you let me take care of you now they would pause again let's think about that ah how good is that we got a place to just take refuge hot sun we just go under our shelter we got our own cabana to get out of the sun. We're just sitting there in the shade, get in our hammock, talk to the Lord. It's all good. Say la. That's what they do. They pause. Now the last paragraph. It's a short one, but it's a good one. He says, men of low degree, they're only vanity. Men of, of rank, high degree, they're a lie. He says, in the balances, they go up and they are together lighter than breath. Or the King James Lighter than vanity, which is emptiness, comes from the word breath. The way they used to weigh stuff was with those teetering scales. You remember those scales that had the little bar across and the little chains that came down on the two baskets and they put the weights on one side and you put the flour on the other side. How much do you want? I want a pound of that, a pound of those candies. And they put the candy on the ones. Does anyone remember these scales that they used to have in the store? That's how they used to weigh stuff. You say, I want a pound of candy. They put one pound weight on the one side and and put the other, he says, if you put these men, the one side, that think they're so full of themselves, they got all this stuff, and you put the men who have nothing on the scale, put them all on. He says, then you weigh them out, just to get how much weight do they have, how meaningful, how truly weighty are they? He says, the scale goes up like they are nothing. But why is he saying that? I believe this is a somewhat really speaks to people that have to deal in leadership because David's having to go through some leadership problems during this time. He's having attacks against him as a leader. So men of low position were attacking him. 
Men of high position were attacking him. The wealthy were attacking him. David's like, they're coming at me. And God says, I tell you what, if I put them all on the scale and I weigh them, how much weight do they carry against me? That's what he's saying. All of these great men with might and riches and all of these ones with no riches, let's put them all on the scale on this side. And the Lord says, and let's put me on this side. He says, they don't have no weight at all. The Bible teaches us better in, in the Proverbs. It says, don't be afraid of man. You know, sometimes we get fear of mankind. Instead, the Bible says, the only thing we should truly fear is the Lord. Have a reverence for God. Don't be afraid of what men will do to you. The Bible says men can hurt only the body, but they can't touch the soul that's inside. So God says, they're all coming at you. Let me see. Hmm, because I'm really scared. Let's weigh them out against me. Put them on the scale, all of them, David, and put me on the other side. He says, they will go up like they are a breath. They're nothing. They, they have no weight. Now, why do we need to remember how great God is compared to how great the people are that are coming against us? Or even not great, just the lowly that come against us. It's funny how just one person, great or not great, they say one bad thing to you in your day. You know, you're going through your day, you're having a great day, getting a lot accomplished. One person you're running to, they give you that stink eye. Or they say that one little mean comment. They zing you. And you go home and you're trying to eat supper. And what's going through your mind? That guy, he said this, you know, and you get to brushing your teeth and you're still remembering that one. You lay down on your bed and you're just tossing into that. And you don't remember any of the good of the whole day. Because one person came at you. With one cutting remark. See, remember I told you David's good with words. David says, no matter who they are, they're rich, powerful, or they're lowly, have nothing, but they come at you. God says you put them on the balance and they're all together the same. They're just a breath. They're nothing. And we need to keep the perspective. Facebook, someone sent a post to me. They said, you have $86,400 in your account. But just suppose that you checked your bank account this week and one of your accounts had $86,400. And some fella came by and he, and he took $10 from your account. Somehow he pulled some scam and got the bank to give him $10 of your $86,400. So you only got $86,390 now. He says, are you going to spend all week fretting over that $10? Are you going to just say, well, I still got $86,390. I think I'll make it through the week. You're probably not going to stress out. But he says, did you know that you got 86,400 seconds in one day? That's how many seconds are in a day. And you run into someone, and in 10 seconds, they say one mean thing to you. They withdrew 10 seconds of your day. Like they stole it. They said some mean remark. And you know what? You're saying, put it in perspective. How much should we fret about that 10 seconds? Like, how much would you fret about that $10? When you got 86390 left to spend. 
Are you really going to let that $10 thing consume your day? Put it in perspective. How many times do we let 10 seconds of our day ruin our entire 86,390 seconds left? Should we do that? Should we let it ruin all of the rest of our day? Because we had 10 seconds that we had robbery? Or should we just say, let it go. It's only 10 seconds. Move on. See, this is what David's actually saying. He's saying, they come at you. Put it in perspective. Put them on a scale. Weigh them against God. They'll go up like a breath. They're nothing. They're emptiness, vanity. They don't weigh a thing. Don't let it stress you out. Just like move on. Well, verse 10, he says, do not trust in oppression or do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, he said, don't even set your heart upon them. David knew in the power of leadership that there were some leaders that led by oppression. This is a leadership style that some people use. They oppress those. In fact, Jesus said that of the Pharisees. He said, you guys tie up heavy loads and you put them on the people, but you won't even use your pinky finger to lighten their burden. You put this oppressive load. Remember when Jesus said that to the Pharisees? You whitewashed sepulchers, tombs, warned you to flee from the wrath to come, he told them. They were mean to the people. But they led by a leadership style that is still used today. In some corporate circles, the way that the top hierarchy works is they oppress the people below them. And the next form of leadership, he points out, is that some of them, they lead by robbery. They're trying to make a quick buck. And that's their leadership style. But he says, even if riches increase, he said, don't set your heart on them. So David says, listen, these guys, they got it wrong. This is not what we're supposed to use for our leadership. And in verse 11, he says, once I heard it said, once God spoke. Twice, he says, I heard this, that power belongs to God. He says, and Mercy or loving kindness is thine, O Lord, for thou dost recompense a man according to his work. All leaders should know where the real power is and where it belongs to God, not to men who oppress and push down other men, not to men that vainly hope in robbing people. It belongs to God. That's where all the power belongs. And listen what else belongs to God. And this is the best part. And mercy or loving kindness is translated. And loving kindness. We just saying his mercy is new every morning and great is his faithfulness. He says, loving kindness is thine, O Lord, for thou dost recompense a man according to his word. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, each one of us, to be recompensed, it says, for the deeds which are in the body, what we've done, whatever, good or bad. Someday, the very thing what we just read in the psalm is, who's going to repay at the end? God. And sometimes we just got to keep the balance. And remember, God's going to repay. As leaders, that's a good one for leaders to learn. The Bible says vengeance is the Lord's. The Lord will repay. 
You know, sometimes we're like, I got to get them back for that 10 seconds. They stole $10. Just let it go. God will get them. Put them on the scale. They're nothing. Keep the perspective. Now, this is where we'd say in Hebrew, Selah, which means pause and think about it. It's not so bad. When you put it in perspective like that, isn't that good for us to do sometimes? Just take a moment, put it in perspective and think, yeah, I still got 86,390 bucks in my account for today. I'm not broke. I got plenty of time to do good. Don't let someone rob you this week. That's my encouragement. Don't let them say that mean thing and let it consume the whole rest of your day. In fact, there's a time limit. Bible says you can be angry, but don't sin. It says, as soon as you see the sunset, let it go. You ever go into bed angry and you toss and you turn and you heartburn or ulcers? And, you know, when you go to sleep mad, it's not good for your body. Your blood pressure goes up. Do you actually sleep good? Has anyone ever gone to bed mad? I'm not asking like for confession time, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about when you go to bed mad and you don't really sleep? We have to let it go. God knows it's not good for us. He says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In fact, before it sets, when I'm watching the sun go down, if I'm angry about anything, I just always, as I watch the sun, I like to watch the sunset with my wife. When I'm watching, I think, if anything's bugging me, I just go, let it go. Because who's our shelter? Who's our fortress? Who's our rock, our salvation? Who do we get to have put in us under his wing? The Lord. He's saying, hey, come here. I got you. Anything coming against you, come here, right here, get under my wing, I'll protect you. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the big island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.
For 